Across the Jacob Media YouTube channel, it's another edition of Football 24-7 with John McMullen. Inside Eagles Camp, day number two. Johnny Mack, you made it through another day, it seems, from what I hear. Day two was crazier than day one. There were a lot of stories, and there are a lot of things uh, to talk about, which we'll cover them all. Uh, let's begin the conversation tonight, John, uh, with your overall review uh, of day two camp. Some of your highlights, some of the things that you uh, thought are most important uh, for the fans to know. Well, I think the biggest story probably, because we understand when this happens in a real environment, you know how people are going to get charged up by it. And that's Jalen Hurts hitting Devontae Smith for a long touchdown. He did it today. Uh, it was about 80 yards, 40 yards in the air on a go route. Uh, Devontae Smith beat Steve Nelson, uh, who's obviously one of the Eagles' top cornerbacks. So it was a seven-on-seven seven drill. But, you know, the fans that are allowed in, Krause, they popped, as they say. Uh, it, it was a big pop, and that was the biggest story of the day. Uh, for obvious reasons. But I do think, you know, we saw the physicality of very physical camp for the first two days with no pads. And uh, Steve Nelson, who I just mentioned, talked to us for the first time. Remember, he just got here Monday, uh, and he was showing us the bruises on his knuckles already. And you say, how's he getting bruises on his knuckles? Well, he's always trying to punch the football out like Marlon Humphrey of the Baltimore Ravens. So that's what Jonathan Gannon is preaching. Uh, you've seen it a couple times already, the ball coming out uh, from running backs, Kenny Gainwell, especially the younger running backs, uh, Adrian Killens as well. So the Eagles are really, really putting an emphasis on trying to create turnovers, which obviously was an issue uh, last season. John, was it more aggressive today? Uh, and more energized today than the pace was yesterday? Or was it the same? Was it more intense today? Um, I, I, I think it was a little less intense because they went longer. Remember, day one, they only went uh, 75 minutes, essentially. They, uh, and as I mentioned, uh, they really only worked in, in, in red zone areas and in, in short, sort of compact phone booth areas of the field. Uh, today, it was a little bit more uh, more of a normal practice where you did different uh, uh, downs and distances. As I said, Devontae Smith and seven-on-sevens got, got to run a little bit. So uh, from that standpoint, a little bit natural when you go longer. Uh, it's not going to be quite as intense. A couple of signings today, John, bring us up to speed uh, on on both. Two signings uh, by the Eagles today? Uh, well, number one, I think the biggest story we have to talk about is 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 Brandon Brooks uh, because he he left the practice field uh, early. And if you think about his history, if you think about uh, what he's been through, the two torn Achilles, uh, and really those sandwiched uh, a shoulder surgery. People forget about that. Um, there was a shoulder surgery 
that ended uh, his season in 2019 a little bit early, obviously later uh, in the season. But nonetheless, if you look at Brandon Brooks and what he means to this Eagles offense, and as I said on yesterday's show, um, the fact that uh, Howie Roseman uh, uh, wasn't even asked about the offensive line, he brought it up as the strength, uh, that was a big concern. I think you saw a lot of gulps um, where people said to themselves, uh-oh, here we go again. Good news is, it was a hamstring. It was a precautionary measure. So I wanted to get that in first before I talked about uh, the roster moves that you were uh, speaking about, Joe. Uh, the Eagles have an issue with wide receiver in that a lot of guys are out. Uh, Travis Fulgham um, uh, was not able to practice today. Uh, Greg Ward and Jalen Rager were back, uh, but they were only able to work in – uh, individual drills. They're not ready for team drills yet. Uh, Quez Watkins is out to practice. So at some point you need bodies. Uh, so they needed to add a wide receiver body and they brought in Andre Patton. Uh, and they also signed a defensive uh, uh, back uh, and, and, and Obi uh, Melifanu. I don't want to screw up his name, but I'm sure I did. Um, he is a player who was here in a tryout mode earlier. So they got their due diligence. They know him. They need a couple bodies. This is what happens in training camp as guys get banged up and more. You need bodies for reps. And especially a wide receiver, the Eagles don't have bodies right now. So you need to bring somebody in just to practice, essentially. And, and that's what's going on. I saw it wasn't high profile signings is what I'm trying to say. I get it. I saw a note today uh, in reference to two players on the roster failing the physical, not passing the physical, not passing the physical Jalen Rager being one of them, Dallas Goddard being the other. Yeah, it happens occasionally. I mean, you have these conditioning tests and, and certain players fail. Uh, they don't meet the uh, the standards for day one, and, and they're kept out of practice until they're able to pass the physical. As I said, with, with Jalen uh, is back in an individual way, uh, Dallas is back. So, I you know, I, I know what people get upset to hear failed physical, but it happens around the NFL. You see it all the time. Maybe you spent the last – 10, 14 days before camp, not working out as much as you should have been. And, and that, and, and to be honest, it kind of surprised me with Dallas Goddard because uh, when, when we saw him in the spring, he looked in great shape. Uh, so that one surprised me more than Jalen Rager. Remember, and we reported this at Sports Illustrated, uh, Jalen was fined uh, twice last season for being overweight and missing uh, the weight clause in his contract. And if you saw the way he played as a rookie, y you were sold on the fact he was supposed to have this explosion as a player. Uh, you didn't really see it. And a lot of people said maybe it was because of the injuries. Well, the Eagles thought he was playing too heavy as well. Well, I don't know. 
Am I crazy for thinking that, that Jalen Rager is going to come into camp razor sharp and ready to claim or stake his claim on, on who he is and where he fits in this football team? I know Jeff Kerr, who is uh, um, guest hosting for you on Birds 365 uh, yesterday. Uh, Jalen Rager was the one player that he wanted to write about. He couldn't wait uh, to get down to see him, interview him, talk to him, uh, and, and write about him. I just find that amazing. I don't know if I, I don't know if it is or it isn't. I, I'm just like, wow, Jalen Rager, come on. Well, he is a former first round pick. I mean, it's not like we're talking about a kid who doesn't have talent. And it was um, a 2020 first round pick, so it's not like it was four or five years ago. Um, he had a bad rookie season. A lot of that was tied uh, to the injuries, which were a little bit of bad luck. I mean, he got hurt. His shoulder got hurt in training camp uh, early in the season. And by the way, he fought his way back really, really quickly from that injury. And then he hurt his hand, making a great catch down the middle of the field. Again, these were not soft tissue injuries or injuries that make you concerned about a guy who's not, you know, going all out or things of that nature, sort of just bad luck. Um, but he had a chance. He's got a chance to seize a role here. I mean, other than Devontae Smith, who, by the way, is a rookie who has never played an NFL game, obviously, and people put a check mark in his column like, okay, he's going to be fine. And ultimately, I agree with that. But I do think you have to realize he is a rookie. There's no guarantee that he is going to be fine. I do think he has the talent to play well. But you need that second and third receiver. Jalen Rager is supposed to be that second receiver. He's got to play well. He can't play the way he played last season, or the Eagles are in deep, deep, deep trouble. Football 24-7 with John McMullen. Eagles camp day two will be here every day that there is an Eagles camp. We'll have a report across uh, the Jacob Media uh, YouTube channel. Uh, Brandon Brooks, you talked about uh, his injury. Um, also, Jordan Mailata uh, worked out with the first unit uh, today. Yesterday it was Dillard. Uh, today it was Mailata. What did you see there from Jordan? Um, he had a good day. So, uh, sorry about that. I'm getting a text as we, we talk on the show. That's how things quickly move. It might be an, John, feel free yeah. to look at it. It might be an update, sir. Um, but, yeah, Jordan, uh, I think it surprised a lot of people that Andre Dillard got the first look with the first team on the first day. And I, I kind of, you know, cautioned people, this is going to be a competition. You're probably going to rotate day to day. And sure enough, Jordan Mailata got his opportunity today. And oh, by the way, he played better uh, than Andre Dillard. So if we're doing this competition, and one of the most interesting things that Lane Johnson said today, he spoke to us, was that Nick Sirianni is so serious about this competition, he declares a winner of the day's practice, the offense or the defense. He actually declares a winner. Day one was the defense that was pretty abundantly cleared. Anybody was there. Uh, day two, Lane thinks the offense got the win. We'll see. They do it at night after they watch the film. They'll declare a winner. If you were doing that on an individual basis, 
Andre Dillard would have won day one. Jordan Mailata would have won day two. So here we are at 1-1, and it might go deep into the summer, Joe. Interesting approach by the new head coach, uh, Nick Sirianni. Did he speak today, uh, John? Does he speak every day or no? No. Uh, today was uh, Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator. Uh, Nick will speak Saturday will be the, the next time he speaks. Um, tomorrow, I believe, is Michael Clay, the special teams coordinator. Uh, and then we'll get to talk to Shane Steichen uh, on Monday, uh, mon after Monday's practice. What would you learn from Jonathan Gannon in his post-press conference today? I'll tell you, he is, you know – Again, I'll go back to the competition mantra because that is sort of the foundation of this coaching staff. Um, they are taking it seriously at the positions where there is no Fletcher Cox type player. There is no Lane Johnson. There is no obvious winner. They're, they're rotating guys in at linebacker. You saw TJ Edwards and even Sean Bradley get some first team reps. Uh, at one point, I saw Craig James get a first-team rep at cornerback. Um, Marcus Epps and Kayvon Wallace are getting first-team reps at safety. So they're taking it pretty seriously at, as far as trying to find the best player next to the guys who you know are going to be there. You know, Fletcher Cox is going to be there, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat are battling, but they're both you know, Jonathan Gannon called them both essentially starters. He looks at them that way. Um, so you have these entrenched players, but then you have a lot of spots where they need answers and they have to find answers. And they're rolling in a lot of bodies to try to find those answers. Jalen Hurts, did he, outside of that one hookup with Devontae Smith, did he have a better day today, I think, if I recall from our conversation last night, John, you perhaps unofficially had him at five of 15. Maybe that was, maybe that ultimately became official. I don't really know, but um, how did Jalen look today? No, none, none of these numbers are official. I, nobody's handing us stats. So we just kind of do it ourselves in our notebooks. He was much better today. He had to be much better. Uh, you can't go five for 15. Again, the, the context though to that was the, the phone booth field. You know, it's really difficult to throw in the red zone as opposed to maybe other parts of the field. So they did a little bit more, um, had some big throws. As I mentioned, Devontae Smith, Nice seam pass to J.J. Ortega-Whiteside at one point. Had a big play to John Hightower at one point. Um, probably the worst throw, and I wrote this on Sports Illustrated. He had Zach Ertz open and uh, missed him by a good two, three yards. So it, wasn't, it was one of those ugly-type passes. Uh, and you see them every once in a while creep up. Uh, it was a little bit better. Um it had to be better. Uh, it's still not good enough, and it's got to improve as as we move forward. You mentioned Zach Ertz. Uh, did he speak today? Zach? I didn't. We're still waiting for Zach. Um, 
I hope it's this week. Uh, I How's he look tomorrow. out there? How's he look out there, John? Is he engaged? Is he does he look better than he ever has? Is it? I mean, what's he look like? Well, the offense um, hasn't, as I said, they did not perform well on day one, um, and he didn't he didn't get involved as much in day one. He was more involved today. He's always going to be a professional. You don't have to worry about Zach Ertz when it comes to being engaged and, and being a good teammate. Um, so that part of it I don't worry about. Um, I'm just wondering about the, you know, we've been talking about Zach Ertz not being here for so long that I almost just am curious to the psyche of a high-level professional player who's always going to put the team first and the city first, and he has to walk out onto the field still on this roster when he's been written off for so long. And I just find it I, – yeah, I, 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 I wonder if it's odd for him, that's all. We, I, I think we all find it uh, a little bit difficult. You know, I I think it's even difficult for Nick Sirianni because he didn't expect to have him, and he was planning for life without Zach Ertz. And all of a sudden, he's back, and now you have to shift gears and say, well, I I don't care who you are. You know, Jody Mack is a fan of Greg Ward. You have other people are fans of of Travis Fulgham. You have John Hightower people. You, You have Jeff Kerr talking about Jalen Rager. I mean, none of these receivers are anywhere near as accomplished or as good as football players as Zach Ertz. So I don't know if you're Nick Sirianni and how you can preach competition and say, well, we're not going to play Zach Ertz. Got to play Zach Ertz if he's here. Um, And I know the Eagles don't want to play as much two tight end, uh, uh, 12 personnel, as they call it, tiger personnel, as Doug Peterson would call it. Um, They want more speed on the field. But the bottom line is the guys who can run on the Eagles are not nearly as good of football players as Zach Ertz. John McMullen, NFL insider, football 24-7 across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Camp again tomorrow. And, of course, John, uh, you'll be uh, checking in as a guest on uh, your show on Birds 365 as you'll be down at the NovaCare uh, Complex again for day three. John, what, what happens when it's over? The coaches go in, they start to look at film. It's uh, 8.20 on Thursday night. Are they still down at NovaCare collectively as a coaching staff? And what are they doing? Evaluating, planning, changing tomorrow based on what happened today? What's what's taking place there? Oh, yeah. The coaches, they work. Uh, I think I work a lot. They work. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You know, a lot, the old story, you hear Dick Vermeil's stories about sleeping in your office. He was the one who, you know, they put in extraordinarily long days. And it is about that. They're watching Bill. Um, you know, as as Nick uh, said when he spoke yesterday, you know, he says attack the day, attack the day. He even said attack rest. Right now we're attacking rest, he said. Everybody laughed at that and understandably so um but yeah i mean they're looking at film 
They're grading the players. They're trying to figure things out. I mentioned all those players rotating in on the defensive side of the ball. You're trying to figure out who these who who's doing a better job with their first team reps. That's what you're trying to do. You're looking at film. Yeah, you're setting up the next day's practice. You're scripting it. You're saying we got to get this work done. Maybe this type of thing, we got to get uh, uh, a certain player. You have two new players now, which we mentioned. You got to get them involved. I, I mean, there is not enough hours in the day uh, to get the work NFL coaches need done. Uh, and that's just the way it is because of, of, of the rules and the fact that, look, you don't get as much time with the players as you once did. So when they finally get here for camp, you got to try to 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 get it all in, and it's difficult to do. Yeah, first preseason game is uh, approaching, I guess. Once we get into this weekend, I think it's the twelfth of it's a Thursday night against the Steelers. There are, there are only three preseason games uh, on uh, the schedule uh, this year, so they'll play the Steelers. They'll do it with. New England, I think the Patriots are here for uh, a joint practice and then they'll play that Thursday night. And then as they always do, they'll finish up uh, uh, with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. In some ways, you think that's a long way away, but 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 not really. And will the pace of the practices, John, continue? Will they get more intense tomorrow? Will they relax tomorrow? What is your thought? What does your what does your expertise and your tenure in terms of covering these uh, preseason camps? What does it tell you? Well, at at some point, you do have to scale back. You've got to protect the players, and you look for natural pockets of when they could be. Saturday, for instance, is the NFL Network's big sort of kickoff to training camp day where they're going to televise all day from every NFL city. And that's why the practice is at five 30, I believe. Um, so it's kind of dependent on how the Eagles handle it. And I could see them handling it uh, one of two ways. One, you know how this league is when it comes to secrecy, maybe they don't want to show anything. Maybe they know cameras are there and they scale back that day. Or maybe they want to ramp it up and get everybody excited uh, for their fans and, and and do things like that. Then they would probably scale back a little bit tomorrow uh, to get the players rest for that Saturday practice. So, you know, it was a field thing with Doug Peterson. It's a field thing for most coaches. John, when you left there today, um, what was the one thing that stuck out for you uh, that you took away from the practice today? Um, one thing that I was impressed with was Miles Sanders on, on the in between fields, in between drills. He was with a coach and he had the coach purposefully throwing poor passes to him. In other words, um, you know, behind his back, uh, at his feet. Uh, and he was catching everything. And I think if you go back to last year, he had such a poor season catching the football. And I think that surprised people because he showed such promise as a rookie. 
when you're talking about a receiver. Um, and he's really working hard at trying to get back to where he was. And I think that's a really, really important thing for the Eagles. Let's do a quick recap before we sign off here, John, uh, on the major bullet points or the major highlights, the major storylines uh, from Eagles camp day two, of course, um, football insider John McMullen has it has the coverage wall to wall. Brandon Brooks injury. Uh, was there an official statement put out by the uh, by the team after the injury? What was it? Um, it wasn't a statement, but they let us know it was a precautionary thing due to a tight hamstring. So it's not a serious injury, and that's a that's a very good uh, very good news uh, for the Eagles because. You know, Brandon Brooks is one of those guys that probably doesn't need uh, practice as much as, say, a younger player. So the key with Brandon Brooks or or these veteran players, any of them, Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham, num- names we always say, Pletcher Cox, the key with those guys, get them to, to week one as healthy as possible. And yeah. it's not a serious injury. So that's good news. Uh, day two, Devontae Smith looks better than he did on day one. And remember, this kid's a rookie, but he looks he looks like a star, right? Yeah, it really does. Uh, and as I said, the Devontae bomb, the first one of hopefully many, uh, really, really excited the fan base. And that was probably – that was certainly the play of the day because if you were there and just judging thing on noise and the fans – that was by far the biggest reaction of the day. Day two, Jalen Hurts, much better than uh, day one, uh, more arrogant or more confident, had a little bit more swag today. How would you assess him? No, I, I, Jalen's always confident. I don't think that's a problem. I, I think the only problem with Jalen Hurts is accuracy. Is Can he be accurate? That's it for me. That's the only question I have. And I don't know if he can be accurate. It's a very big question. But when it comes to the intangibles uh, that you were talking about it, Joe, this guy can go five for 15, and you think he went 15 for 15. He can go 15 for 15, and you're not going to see a difference from when he went five to 15. That's just, as Lane Johnson says, that's, that's just how he's wired. That's that's and to me, that's a positive thing. And then I guess the other main story uh, or headline—I don't even know if you call him a story—but headline: Jordan Mailata Day today uh, instead of Andre Dillard. And I guess you feel from your remarks earlier in the show, John, you feel that uh, Jordan had a really good practice today with the first unit. Well, I, I think he had a better practice than Andre Dillard. Andre, they did a lot of one-on-ones um, with the defensive linemen rushing against the offensive linemen, and Andre did not perform well in those drills, uh, especially when it comes uh, to Derek Barnett when he was lined up against him. Um Now, Jeff Stoutland will tell you those drills aren't fair for offensive linemen, so – but I will say that, you know, Jordan performed better than Andre Dillard. Bottom line is, I don't think you're going to see a winner or even a leader in the clubhouse to the pads go on. I mean, when it comes to offensive linemen, 
you got to see him in the pad pads first. And when does Nick Sirianni announce the winner? Tomorrow morning? Is that? Oh, he doesn't announce the winner. He's probably mad at Lane Johnson for telling us that he declares a winner. And now he's going to be asked that every time he speaks, who won practice today? So he's probably going to have a talk with Lane Johnson if Lane is listening. Um, Yeah, he's probably not going to be happy about it, but he'll probably tell us who won on that particular day when he uh, when he does speak, or the day before, obviously. I know you talked about Saturday. Let's just frame it out. Tomorrow, uh, full practice again scheduled. Uh, tomorrow, you, of course, will be on Birds 365. Uh, tomorrow with an update with Jody Mack uh, and Jeff Kerr again sitting in. And then Saturday, you said it's a late practice on Saturday. Is that it for the week, John? And then what happens? They resume when next week? Yeah, that's it for the week. They resume. They take off Sunday. Players stay off. Monday, they're back at it. Uh, yeah, 18 days of training camp, and uh, it's go, 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 Krause. Go, Eight, go, go. 18 days of camp means 18 days of inside birds camp with football 24-7s, John uh, McMullen. Training uh, camp tonight, I call it. <laughs> yes, sir. I love it, man. Great stuff. Johnny Mack, appreciate it, man. We'll see you tomorrow morning on uh, Birds 365. Everybody listening across the YouTube, or watching, rather, across the YouTube channel. See you next time.